0: Patrick from the Carlton Footy Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel.
1: Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johanesson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. That's all normal football club. This is
0: Nat Five from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel.
1: Hello, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. We're venturing very close to getting out of the 40s and into the 30s, because the number 40 today is the number one draft pick from last year. New Gold Coast Sun midfielder, Matt Row, And boy, oh boy, is there a lot to talk about when it comes to this future fantasy football star. To chat about the number one draft pick, I got Rids on. Hello, Matt. How are you? Good to have you back.
0: Hey, how you you going,
1: mate? I'm good. Look, there there is a lot to talk about when it comes to Matt Row, And look, it's probably safe to say that a large portion of the preseason. Hype or the contrast to why he's in the 50 most relevant this year is largely linked to not just how good of a footballer he is, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but also how well last year's number one draft pick, Sam Walsh, went.
0: Yeah, so I mean, it's an opportune time to start discussing this, isn't it, really?
1: Well, I, th- I think so. Look, you, no, we're venturing, you know, in the still in, you know, not quite the middle of January just yet, but maybe you've got back to work. There is a fair bit to discuss, so let's talk about him. Look, he will be a, a pretty pricey midfielder for you this year in terms of cash cows. Uh, just over two hundred and fifty thousand in Dream Team, two seventy k flat line in AFL Fantasy, and two hundred and seven thousand three hundred in Super Coach. For the past few years and the junior levels of the game, Matt Rowell has been the single most dominant figure during that two-year period. He's won back-to-back best of field medals in the under-18 championships in the grand finals um, uh, for Oakley Chargers. In fact, this year in Oakley's premiership win, just a, a sneaky little game from Hingrids, 44 disposals and two goals. Not a bad day out. Yeah, oh,
0: yeah, just the average does.
1: Yeah, not a bad day at all. Look, if you want to see some of the breakdowns of his full stats from the Under-18 Championships and the NAB League, it's all in the article today at coachespanel.tv. But at the Under-18 Championships this year for Vic Metro, he averaged 25 disposals a game. 12 of those were contested possessions. In the NAB League for the Oakley Chargers, where he played with his now-again teammate Noah Anderson, Noah Rowell averaged just, again, not bad, 171 Supercoach points. It's not bad. And 123 Dream Team and AFL fantasy points from those seven games. He averaged 32 disposals. 17 of those were contested touches. Eight tackles, four marks Again, Look, pretty safe to say, Rids, that as a junior, he's been just so dominant. And it's not just because of how good he is as a first-touch player in stoppage. He really is a pretty complete midfielder for just someone that's 18 years old.
0: He really does match up to the Sam Walsh from last year. So he actually looks... He, he's ready-made, isn't he, really?
1: You could actually build the case that right now he's the best midfielder at Gold Coast. That's not a slide on the talent they have. It's actually just an indicator of how good he already is.
0: Well, there is a two-time premiership midfielder that did join them this year. Oh, come on, mate. Old type. <laughs> but anyway. Look, he, he's,
1: he's an inside ball. He doesn't waste touches. He's got a burst of speed away from stoppages. He has a defensive element for his game. Um, he's got already a pretty solid tank. Look, barring injury, you can lock him in for playing round one. He is priced over 200k across all fantasy formats. But if he can do anything close to what Sam Walsh did last year, then he'll be worth every cent. I guess the question is... Can we compare the two side by side? And because Walsh did A, does that mean Rao's going to do B?
0: Of course not. But the fact of the matter is, it is so fresh in our mind that we have to do this discussion. Again, we do it every year. I think the coaches panel leads the way in the way to discuss this. So last year, we were very, very strong in our views about whether you start Walsh or not Um, and it wasn't so much that you have to start him or you don't have to start him it was just more about the explanation on what someone needs to average at that higher premium price isn't it as a rookie well
1: well, talk me through that because again I want to contrast some of the first year players and their scores in a moment but talk me through that because sometimes we hear that and go well, it doesn't matter what he scores, mate. You know, you're paying for job security or you're paying for the premium. What do you mean by that when you say he's got to score more than a basement cow? What does that mean?
0: Okay, let me break this down to just Dream Team, okay? And I'll try and simplify it as much as I can. So what, the way the Dream Team's work, okay, with the start in price is that you get a magic number. So what it is, okay? is If you go and find out, the magic number is roughly seven thousand two hundred and thirty for those nerds out there for Dream Team.
1: Yeah, it's different in every so other format, happens, but yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. So the starting price of Rowell is thirty-five. Okay. In terms of an average. And yeah. Of an average, that's the starting price average, using that magic number. Okay, McHenry or someone around that one hundred sixty thousand mark as a lower priced rookie is around 22. So straight away, Raoul's given up 13 points, you know, on the starting price average. So in theory, if you want to really, really simplify it, that means we're really wanting Raoul to go more than 13, more likely to be 15 plus than the lower to make the same amount of money because that magic number will drop. Yes. As the prices rise, okay? Now, going back another step there, we start rookies for one reason and one reason only, and that's to generate cash. Nothing else. So that way, the quicker you generate the cash, the quicker you can get your upgrades and complete your team. So there's a lot of strategy around doing that. And again, we won't go specifically into that right now, but the thing is, okay, and the important part about this, is how many rookies are there in the midfield, the prices? And will do you think Rao will average anywhere from 15 to 20 points better than the lower-priced rookies? Okay. I understand job security is definitely an argument to be used. Sure. Cause you need your rookies to be playing, but there's a lot of guys there that do have a bit of job security. Let's have a look at Marlon Pickett. Now, if he's not in 100% of teams, I don't know what is. Because like, <laughs> he's at the bottom price and he's got full job security. Yeah. So there are guys like Mitch Hibbert. And, you know, we got we can go along all the way. Isaac Rankin in the forward line and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of variables to play around. But I hope that explains what I was referring to with the premium price of the rookie totally. is trying to generate the same amount of cash.
1: Yeah, so to make the Don't same forget, amount of money, even if they score the same, the lower price guy will make more money because of the magic number and what his price point is. Again, it doesn't mean a more expensive guy is a bad choice. It just means he won't make the same amount if they score the same amount of time, the same amount yeah, of money in the same amount of time. Yeah,
0: hundred percent. But the other thing to cater, um, cater to cater into this okay is. The fact that you've spent a hundred thousand more, yes, for that rookie
1: that you could have put elsewhere,
0: you could have put elsewhere. So you may have neglected a forward premium, or you may not have been able to get a let's say a Whitfield, sure. okay, and he averages twenty or thirty points to the guy that you had. It's all relative, so you've got to be actually a little bit more open-minded than just saying. Yes or no, based on one person. Totally. So, again, let's... Do you want to go and revisit the same one? Well,
1: yeah, we can do that. Here's... And I think that's the thing is, generally when you spend the big money on the midfielders, on your cash cows, historically it's not always been the right call. You know, is Sam Walsh the outlier? Maybe, maybe not. But look, Walsh's last year, his debut season, he averaged eighty six point nine in Supercoach, ninety two point two in Dream Team and Fantasy. If you look back at some of the other number one selections, um and the mini draft picks of the past ten years, look, I'll take the key position players out just so it's fair, but Cam Rainer in Supercoach went at 60 in his debut year, 58 in Dream Team and Fantasy. Andrew McGrath was pretty much a flatline 70 across all the formats. Lockie Whitfield was a 73 in Supercoach, 71 in Dream Team and Fantasy. David Swallow, 79 in Supercoach, 76 in Dream Team and Fantasy. Then the mini-drafts, which are a bit unfair because, one, they were basement price, so there was no premium, but, two, they had an extra year in the AFL system, but just for the giggles of it, um, O'Meara went at 89 across all formats. Brad Crouch went at 92 in Dream Team and Fantasy, 87 in Supercoach. And Jack Martin, yuck, 50 in Dream Team and Fantasy, 56 in Supercoach. So, so there is a little bit of a gap between, look, sometimes you do see guys enter in and they crack really strong numbers. Dyson Heppel as a defender was good for us. Toby Green's probably the real win, you know, years and years gone by too in his debut season. But sometimes we get that value for money. Other times, we might be overpaying a bit.
0: 100%. but That's the way it goes, okay? so it's not as clear-cut as saying, because Walsh did it last year, it's going to happen again. Yeah. And see, the other thing, okay, is Walsh is totally, totally unique in this, that he went so well in mm. his first year that the fact of the matter is, can we assume that's going to happen again? Well, history says, it could, but yeah. it's unlikely yeah. to. So, so let's just say even if Raul starts the year at a 75 average. Yeah. Okay. So that's 15 points, as I was saying before. So you'd need to make sure, okay, that the rook, there isn't a rookie there averaging around 55-60. That you don't have. That you don't have or that you could utilize on the field And use someone else. You see what I mean? Like, there's a lot of variables here, and that might get you that Jake Lloyd or a Rory Laird or a Lockie Whitfield or whoever it is a Grundy. Yeah. Okay. That might free up enough cash to generate enough points elsewhere. To it doesn't matter if you start him or not. Now, I do want to harp on one thing with Walsh though. Sure. I think what the reasoning we had last year was very, very sound, obviously, because we're just telling people the way that it needs to happen. But the fact of the matter is, I went against starting Walsh, and I know a few others did as well, but the problem we had last year was his high numbers. Okay? In terms of ownership? hundred percent. Right. So let's just look at Dream Team for a second here, okay? Last year, there was 11,000 teams in Dream Team. To start with, there was 8.5 thousand teams that started Sam Walsh. Yes, decent But that alleviates the risk, does it not? Like, you've got to be able to do a risk versus reward type scenario. And when someone's ownership is so high, you might as well just go off the flow and lock them in. Well, is that because
1: the risk of overpaying for him gets kind of eliminated? Is that what
0: you're suggesting? Correct. So... Let's just say, okay, at that higher level, if you start with someone with the higher premium price of the rookie and they've got such a high ownership, and even if he gets injured, there's no risk there. You drop him You down. can always bring someone else in, can't you?
1: Yeah. You're suggesting the risk of him failing in terms of to deliver what he needs to to generate the same amount of cash and or get injured versus the risk of going against him. Well, that one's the lesser of the two.
0: Oh, of course it is. So oh the yeah, exactly right, especially with the points because eight point five thousand teams out of eleven have in and have those points anyway. So in Supercoach though, it gets even more interesting, okay. Mm. So there was two hundred and ten thousand teams last year in Supercoach. Yeah, not bad. This guy started in hundred and thirty seven thousand teams.
1: Yeah, it's pretty similar ownership numbers for AFL Fantasy 2 in terms of how he started, but in terms of percentages of squads.
0: His highest ownership number was in round six at 145,000. So there was only an extra 7,500 numbers, like people jumping in. So This is where you need to look at all the points. Raoul, okay, now let's move this back to Raoul. Sure, that'd point. be good. If Raoul comes into here... It is over 50, 60% of ownership. That's where you're going to have to set a mark, okay? Sure. Where it's like if you're on the fence, you're either going to have him or not at the start. So the thing is, if you're sitting on the fence and doubting about it, you have to set a limit of the ownership number where the risk versus reward swaps. Yeah. So at the moment, the reward of not having someone at 50% is fine. Okay, there's a lot of reward there. But as soon as you get to 70%, not having him, and if he does do well like that's expected, the risk then becomes the other way around.
1: Yeah, all it's going to take is him to to smash out, you know, going at, you know, an an 85 plus average across the Marsh series, and people will lose their minds on him just like people did for Walsh and so that's going to be the key thing is what does he score because unfortunately people don't look at role they look at points throughout the preseason is what did he score okay and for that reason it is so yeah that ownership variable is the key thing that goes through there and it's going to be fascinating to see what his ownership is like if he can deliver numbers anywhere even close to the variable of what um, Sam Walsh did but the reason I've got him in the 50 most relevant is largely because he's getting viewed as Sam Walsh version 2, rightly or wrongly. That's how he's being viewed amongst the fantasy community. He is so relevant this year because if he does what Sam Walsh did and you're not on him again, you are going to be playing a little bit of catch-up. Equally, if he delivers some of those average numbers that we've seen from players like a, a McGrath and a Rainer, um, you know, to a lesser extent, you know, a Lucky Whitfield where it's, you know, 60s just hitting the 70s, Yes, you probably got the job security, but you might be overpaying for somebody, and that okay. will be the key.
0: MJ, let me ask you a question oh, right now. These. Who is the best player at Carlton last year?
1: Oh, uh, Patrick Cripps, probably?
0: Yep. Okay. So, who was the number one target for a tag last year at Carlton?
1: Might I suggest Patrick Cripps?
0: Okay. Can you name me the best? Midfielder at Gold Coast right now, and we had this joke before.
1: I genuinely think Matt Rowell is their best midfielder right now. And look, they've got guys with talent like Bose is going to be a star in my mind, but I think Rowell's going to get the same sort of defensive te- attention that look long time players will know this reference that Mark Murphy got in his
0: debut year. So if he goes and gets twenty five touches a game for the first three weeks,
1: they're going that to him.
0: attention's coming, isn't it?
1: a yeah, and it's heading straight his way too. Yeah,
0: so I mean that's the biggest difference between Sam Walsh and Matt Rowell from last, like last year to this year, is the fact that there was a big inside bull, an absolute top five midfielder of the competition, playing with Sam Walsh.
1: Yeah. For what it's worth, the first six rounds of the year for Gold Coast, again, it's crazy that we're talking taggers about Matt Rowe, but the first six rounds, Port Adelaide, Geelong, Sydney, Fremantle, Melbourne, and then GWS are the first six games of the year.
0: So I would suggest round three, Mr. Hewitt would be the biggest worry at that stage. Yeah, if they play him. yeah. So he's going to be the one. So that's going to be... The round that he goes up and down in Dream Team or Super Coach—if he plays the first two, first few weeks—is
1: yeah.
0: round three. His price will be first impacted at that hundred thousand more. And this is probably why he's not higher in the top fifty at this yeah. stage, I'm assuming is because of this discussion we're having right now. If some attention goes to him and he gets a fifty,
1: it's going to hurt. You yeah. can
0: almost kill that. Cash generation, can't you? Yeah,
1: especially, you know, two or three weeks in, not just, you know, dropping out after that first round. So it's one of the reasons why he's factored in there for me, no doubt. So before we talk drafts, here's a question. Do you have, look, early January, is Matt Rowell in any of your sides at the moment?
0: Yes, he's in all of my teams. But the fact of the matter is, okay, he will be in all of my teams because I'm waiting to see which mid rookie. Jumps out that and replaces gone. him, and then I save a hundred thousand. Nice, yeah.
1: So, what you're doing is you're trying to rather than find a way to squeeze him in, you're build, you've been able to build your side with the players you want, but to be able to keep him in with the thought process of I'm a, I want to see someone that can do the same, but at a hundred guaranteed less.
0: Well, yeah, well, it doesn't have to be the same as we were saying before. What we're looking cash for is a, someone that's going to generate the same amount of cash but also not hurt us much with the points because we're going to utilize that money elsewhere. So if you think about it, okay, if you've got Anderson and Rowell in your team, mm. you plan to have them in your team at the start, but if then two rookies appear from nowhere, that's 200000 you can generate and turn, what, a 500000 forward
1: into a 700000 forward. Yeah, that's right. It's pretty handy, that's for sure. Let's talk about him in the drafts, because from a keeper league perspective, he's going to be valued incredibly highly. Um, regardless of the ladder position in a keeper league, I'd be doing anything I could to go and get him. He is the clear number one selection in an existing keeper league right now, barring something extraordinary being dropped back to the pool I'm picking Sam Walsh at number one in a keeper league, but in a single season or in a redraft league, RIDS, that's where it gets interesting because that's where probably someone might do the, oh, Sam Walsh scored 90, he's the number one pick, and maybe jump on him way too early than they should because generally, first year players in a single season draft look, they're last couple of round picks at best. Maybe someone might get tripped up on him early. Maybe.
0: Yeah, so this is when I used to call it the Richie Douglas rule. So as soon as Richie Douglas was taken in the draft, it meant that I could start looking at the draftees from the year before.
1: <laughs> so who's your canary meant, in the mind this year then?
0: That meant the pool was so thin that someone had to select Richie Douglas. <laughs>
1: I know, Richie, he'd love that too. Oh, good on you, mate! Uh, all right. Well, there you go. That's uh, who's your Richard Douglas this year. If you're not decided yet, uh,
0: no, no, I, I really don't know at this stage. I'm sort of lost at this point in time because he's um, no longer around. All right. Well, so I'm sure we'll I'll keep someone posted. for you the next time. Okay. Yep.
1: Great. Next time we chat, I'd like your Richie Douglas. We'll make sure we do a social media post on it too to help everybody.
0: Actually, out. No, I'll tell you who it is. It's going right. to be Stephen Hill. Stephen...
1: <laughs> Alright, I'm looking forward to that. I wonder if he pops up in the 50 most relevant or not. You'll have to keep checking back every single day at coachespanel.tv to find out or you can go and check out the podcast via Spotify and iTunes. If you want 24 hour early access to these podcast episodes, just like a brand new Patreon member, Jeremy Bynon has done. Thank you mate for your support. You can find all the links to get that exclusive and the early access content at coachespanel.tv Tomorrow we have Head into the 30s of the 50 most relevant. And I can't wait to chat about this person with you tomorrow.